If you're an HR leader, everyone depends on you. Quick question. EEO1 form section 3, column A, line 7. Salaries go here or here? We need to reduce costs by 10%, by 5. Doug says we need a succession plan. What's a succession plan? This overtime number can't be right, can it? Audrina says we can't hire him because he's my friend. What's the policy on dating coworkers? <laughs> Who do you depend on? Paycor.com. Hello, and welcome back once again to the HR Social Hour Half Hour Podcast. This is episode 200. John and Wendy, welcome back, Steve Brown, again and again. I'm your host, John. And I'm Wendy. But I would think, hopefully y'all know that by now. (laughs) Every podcast is somebody's first podcast. That's true, it is. Hopefully they listen to 200 and then go back and listen to actually 264 back episodes that we have available total. This is official. There's been a lot, a lot, a lot of interviews that we have done. I am flabbergasted. Yeah, flabbergasted is the right word that here we are. Uh, 200 episodes, four years, and uh, we're still at it. We're still here. Speaking of being flabbergasted, we are flabbergasted and excited to have Paycor on board as our sponsor for this incredibly special episode. We have just uh, tremendous relationships with Paycor, love working with them was really excited when we had the opportunity to put this together with them. We want to thank Paycor right at the front for everything they do with us and for us for, for sponsoring this. You know, we mentioned to Steve before we started recording, it's almost four years ago that we recorded the first time with him. <laughs> yeah, it would have been four years ago that we were having those conversations of what are we going to do? How are we going to do this? What kind of podcast is it going to be? which uh, certainly glad that we went down that road, found what works for us and filled a need in the community that wasn't being met. I remember meeting Steve for lunch at a lovely little pizzeria that he's associated with. And I explained to him what we were doing. And without fail, he said, yes, absolutely. I'm there for you. This is now his third formal appearance. Yeah. Uh, he did a, another show with us. We're going to talk about that in a little bit. Unfortunately, he does not hold the record. That is still our pal, Lorena Pabon. <laughs> she has the record for appearances. Yes, she but does. He, he's a number two. Yeah. I don't know what you're going to do as far as introduction. <laughs> do I know what I'm going to do? For the 200th time, let's do it. We'll make this short and sweet. And I am so excited to welcome our number two fan, Steve <laughs> Brown, to the show. Steve, welcome. We have to ask, what's in your glass? Uh, Wendy, I was thinking of you, A, because it's the 200th episode. I have a hibiscus blueberry blonde from Mount Carmel Brewery, which is here in Cincinnati. That Uh, sounds lovely. Fantastic. And I used my HR social hour (laughs) bottle cap opener because I can't quite pull off the number one guest or the number one fan so i thought i'd use your swag and pull some weight but evidently that's not going to cut it steve you're number one in our hearts so we can't go without saying mary williams is certainly the number one fan yeah you're such a close second but we we have to give her love for being that and like i said you're number two in appearances and i hope that's a, a title you will cherish and you never know maybe sometime you'll beat lorena but i have to say pop culture show which will be coming out if it's not out now it'll be out soon 
when I mentioned to Lorena that she was going to continue to maintain the record, she said, and I quote, take that, Steve Brown. And I thought that was funny. <laughs> and I think you should tell Lorena that I was the first guest on the <laughs> HR Social Hour. You do have a number one in the record, and no one can ever take that away. That's right. Steve, you last appeared on the show when we did our Not at Sherm 20 panel, which was in June of last year. What have you been up to since then? Gosh, we only have half an hour. <laughs> it's hard to say. I mean, so many things have happened, both personally and professionally. Personally, biggest thing is my wife and I have enjoyed being empty nesters. We're raising adults. And I wish someone would have told us how adult raising is. People say, oh, teenagers are the worst or two-year-olds are the worst. Adults are not the worst, but it's the hardest because now they're making their own decisions and you have to allow them to be adults. We're learning and we have two great, amazing kids, one in Indianapolis and one in San Diego, and we couldn't be more proud. But adulting is hard and they're learning that <laughs> just, as, just as we all did. And, you know, anything from I have a flat tire and I'm in the middle of the highway. My son called me and said, I have a dead battery in San Diego. And I said, cool. I said, what are you going to do about that? I go, do you have AAA? Yeah, I do. You know you can call them. He went, huh, okay. <laughs> you know, learning that kind of stuff is hard. Uh, professionally, a lot of writing. Since the last time we talked, my second book came out. I hate saying that. It sounds self-promoting, and I, I don't want to be that guy. But proud of the book. A lot of blogging. A lot of speaking internationally. Uh, virtual platforms you can actually talk to people everywhere so i've enjoyed that and work's been a whirlwind just constantly changing every day i don't know whoever came up with the terrible twos but two was fine uh, absolutely three was awful yeah i'll, I'll do two-year-olds again the rest of it maybe not <laughs> <laughs> steve you have led la rosa's through a major loss and redesign of the corporate structure what did you learn about yourself during that time and what has surprised you along the way the loss was very difficult it was my boss we spent our every day together literally either in person on the phone or through email i i checked in with him constantly and to lose him as a friend as the best boss I've ever had personally and as a mentor, someone who actually developed and pulled me along. It's still hard. It'll be a year here on the 23rd of December. And I don't know that you ever get used to it. To grieve a coworker is a lot different than grieving a family member. I think there are people that go through grieving in all kinds of ways, but to grieve somebody that you've been so close to. What I learned about myself was how much he had already prepared me to be in the place I'm at if he was gone. He was working towards retirement. He was about a year and a half out, two years out. And it's unfortunate that he didn't get to do it. I really felt he did an amazing job developing me. What I've learned though is this. I thought he did that with everybody. And I was wrong. There were people who really struggled with their relationship with him. And it was never spoken out loud. It wasn't poor. It wasn't, you know, hurtful. When you're close to somebody, you assume everybody is. And that's not true. And organizationally, that's hard. The learning from it is we're becoming the people-centered organization we should have always been by building relationships. I'm not allowing relationships to be just close with a few. It's close with many. Most of my time is spent 
talking to other people, which I thoroughly enjoy. Steve, can you talk a bit about the redesign? You were kind enough to show me a diagram that was really enlightening. Can we talk a little bit about that and, and what the impact's been there? You're going through major changes on so many levels. Can you talk a bit more about that? Sure. I went into my boss's office and cleaned it out and found a chart that I drew because he asked me a long time ago to draw the organization. He was a different kind of guy. And so from 2013, I drew an org chart, but it has no lines. It's only bubbles. And it has areas of work and people in positions, but it doesn't have reporting relationships. It has relationships with how we work together, which I think is what really happens. I have the joke in my company that I think the only reason you have reporting relationships is to approve PTO forms. Because other than that, you really don't do anything. You don't say, I can't move because I report to Wendy or I report to John. It stymies an organization because they get stuck in layers instead of understanding the flow of work. So I sat down with Michael LaRosa and I pulled this out and I said, hey, do you remember this? And he says, I sort of do. He goes, talk to me about it. So I put a traditional org chart next to him and the one I had drawn. And I said, look, I think this is really how work works and let me explain it. And so I did. And he says, let's go this way. The family who runs the place says, hey, let's try this. We haven't introduced it yet. We've been waiting. We've been trying to work more on behavior in our organization which I think is where the gold mine is. If we can get people to behave in certain ways and perform, they'll do great work. They really will. And you don't have to have all these side rails to do it. One example is this. I run the executive meeting now. In the past, it was run by the CEO. He has the title and you know he is the top person. But what happens in meetings when the top person is there, it always goes to the top person, no matter what happens. So I facilitate the meeting and allow them to participate every executive. And I participate as well, not just facilitate. We've had more rich conversations, big collaboration, deeper challenges, a lot more creativity. It's funny, a lot of the stuff I've been writing about for years is now coming to life. Steve, what are you looking forward to in the HR industry in the coming year and why? Wow. We just had our roundtable this week that I've been running for a long time. And I said this, we're in a new landscape. It was funny two years ago. It's like, we want to go back to the new normal uh, or back to the way it used to be. Well, now it's changed. And because it's changed, this is what it is. So I think what I'd like to see from HR is quit bemoaning what you've gone through. It's been awful. But learn from it and now say, now that I'm in this situation, how do I move forward? Hey, there's a staffing crisis. How do I move forward? Hey, there's uh, organizational dysfunction. How do I address that and move forward? I'm afraid if HR people aren't trying to move forward themselves and their organizations, they're going to be irrelevant. And uh, the second thing I think is this, one of the big changes that's happened at La Rosa's, we've all, always been a people company, always, but now we're owning it. In fact, we put this chart together again, new picture, and it says we are people first. And what we've committed to is no decisions will be made unless it's people first, regardless of what's happening. I think that organizations that really practice it, not just say it, are going to be light years ahead of those companies that choose to not be people first. Steve, that idea of not just people first with moving forward, solving the problem, is that something you're speaking and writing more about these days or plan to in the coming year? Yeah, uh, I plan to. It's terrible. I am not a planner. When I go to the round table, I go, oh, I need to ask three questions. Let's see. What should the questions be? And then I come up with them. 
But one of the things I said was, you know, how are we working in the new landscape? Because that's what's in front of us. You know, when you see what's in front of you, you can decide how to make it better or how to change it or how to adapt. We keep talking about adaptability and agility in response to a crisis instead of adaptability and agility in the face of performance. I'm probably going to write another book. <laughs> I really have. It, it was some from the stuff that we're doing, but I think there's that one last piece that I'd want to get out there to show people how they can be strategic all the time. I think I have a way to help them along to do that. I think I have a way to at least lay it out there and have people consider it. We've been really fortunate to have you be part of this adventure with us since the beginning between the chat and the podcast. And, and that first time I asked you, would you do it? And you just said yes, unequivocally. And all the support you've given us, we could never thank you enough for that. Never going to ask you what your favorite episode is or your favorite <laughs> chat. What do you believe is the best thing to come from Social Hour for you personally and for the community as you've seen it? Well, as the runner up to everything, <laughs> the thing that I've really taken the most and still do, the Social Hour gave a voice to people who didn't have one. It took people off an avatar on social media, and you heard about their stories, their experiences, their ups, their downs. Relationships have formed from that. Strong friendships have formed across that at conferences, in person, all over. Never would have happened without this forum to open the doors and say, hey, did you know about this person in Washington or this person in Florida or this person in Canada or this person in England? And to hear the, our peer stories, I remember way back they did the unconferences and we did HR evolution and we met in Atlanta and we met and all these HR peers that were social media people, you met in the room and they're like, oh, you you really exist. We were just astonished. <laughs> you're like, you're a real human. I think you've peeled that back and made people accessible and vulnerable and genuine. And you've been encouraging. It's, it's the most positive podcast about HR, period. Even when you tackle tough issues on the Wonder Women episodes, or when you've had people who come from very different backgrounds, I can't get enough of it. Even though I will never hold the title, I admire the work you do. I, I'm thankful for the work that you do. do you, and we're good friends. And that matters to me more than anything. Well, we appreciate you, Steve. Glad to have you a part of this episode. We've done some outsourcing. Matt Henry asks, what were some of the biggest struggles you faced in your first HR job? <laughs> it was my second HR job. The first HR <laughs> job, I was a recruiter and everything was kind of set for me. I followed a template. I did the same things. I didn't really have to think much. I just kind of processed interviews. But in my first generalist job, I was clueless. And I didn't know that there were peers. I didn't know you could connect to people. <laughs> this is horrible. I've been in this field so long. There was no internet. There was no email. There was no ways to pull us together. I could have been working down the road from a, an incredibly talented HR person and just didn't know it. My job was trial by fire. When the OSHA inspector comes and says, where's your OSHA poster? And I go, what's an OSHA poster? <laughs> and he goes, and he says, what do you mean? He thought I was being, you know, defiant. I'm like, I'm sorry. I really don't know. I'm glad I had that. I think most people learn through experience uh, versus just being told. But boy, the first two or three years, it was a struggle. 
to learn what human resources was about. The other thing that was nice about it, though, is I didn't have any preconceived notions. <laughs> so I could sure. kind of make it what I wanted. And so I kind of went along and the people I worked with were wonderful. You know, I wouldn't say I was very savvy at all. With that, we're going to take a quick break and we will be right back. Paycor is the only HR and payroll company that builds software for leaders. And since we've been doing it for 30 years, we know what you need and what you don't. Like Paycor's predictive analytics, not just a fun social platform for employees. Paycor's AI-powered insights into how employees feel, not just another survey tool. Paycor's personalized support, not generic answers from people who don't know your business. More than 40,000 organizations trust Paycor because we know what leaders need. Learn more at paycor.com leaders. And we are back, Steve. It is now your favorite time of the podcast, the half-hour question connection condensed because you've been here before. How do you maintain balance? I love listening to this on the other episodes because I'm like, what was that word? I'm, <laughs> what? I'm not a compartmentalized person. I don't get it. I kind of flow with things. People know I'm kind of a hippie, lava lamp, tie-dye kind of guy. And it's not a shtick. It's just who I am. I kind of go with it. I don't have a work time and a lifetime and a family time. Uh, it's, to me, it's just time. The biggest thing I want to do is make sure that I'm paying attention to each area of my life. And if it's not happening, you can tell. My attitude gets sour or uh, I, I'm a little short in terms. My wife is my complete opposite. As extroverted as I am, she's not. As uh, creative as I am, she's more practical. The best balance I have is her. Steve, I've been looking forward to asking this for a long time, knowing how passionate you are about music. What was the first concert you remember attending? <laughs> I love how it's written. I didn't choose to go to this, but, <laughs> I, but I attended it. When I was in junior high, I went to the Ohio State Fair and saw the Bay City Rollers. Nice. <laughs> and and we saw, you know, they saw them come out and they sang S-A-T-U-R-D-A-Y, night. Teenage girls losing their mind. And the terrible thing was my neighbor from across the street, and I come from a very, very small town. So she's in the front row. I can see her. I am not in the front row because I'm like, what is this? <laughs> and she <laughs> fell, like people pushed her, and she fell over this large cattle gate because you're at a state fair, and, you, and she disappeared. And they picked her up and they took her backstage and she got to meet every one of them <laughs> and got the, the, the plaid scarf and got to, you know, talk to them. And it was just in heaven. And we were just so jealous that she met somebody. Uh, but the first concert I chose to go to was Bruce Springsteen and the E Street Band, the Born in the USA tour. And that was insane. And in front of me, the thing that kills me still to this day there was a young man who wore a Frankie goes to Hollywood, relax, don't do it shirt. Because <laughs> it came out the same year. And Frankie goes to Hollywood does Jungle Land, I think. Or Born to Run. One of the two. They do a, a Springsteen tune. And they're like, we just love this. We didn't know that, you know, they, he covered Frankie goes to Hollywood. And they were shunned. <laughs> they were shunned. We're like, you need to leave the, you need to leave the concert right now. I thought you were going to tell us that there was a young lady at the front of the stage who he pulled up on stage to dance with him, but that's oh, probably no. a that's, little... That was the good video. Only in the videos. That's yeah. right. Steve, what is the last show you binge-watched? The one we're currently binge-watching is The Great 
British baking show. God, love it. I never understood that I would be excited about a tort uh, <laughs> or a scone or stuff like that. Right? What's funny about the show is when you compare them to our reality shows, they're nice to each other. And when someone loses, they hug and go, oh, we're so sorry to see you go. It's just good television about <laughs> baking. The other one, though, that we watched that we really liked uh, was Hack on Cinemax or HBO Max. Uh, gosh, I can't remember her name. She was in Designing Women, the blonde in Designing Women. Jean Smart. Jean Smart. She's a stand-up comedian, a washed-up stand-up comedian in Vegas. It's phenomenal. Wow. Really good show. I'll have to check that one out. I had not heard of that. Steve, what's a hobby or a thing you really like to do that may surprise people? I'm a collector. Uh, my wife would say hoarder. Uh, <laughs> and, and I tend to, if I really like something, I'll get it. But what people probably don't know is I collect Chuck Taylor Converse tennis shoes. I have all kinds of designs and colors, and but I wear them. I don't just have them. I mean, in the summer, spring, as soon as it gets a little warmer, uh, <laughs> I'll throw them on all the time. They're not good for your feet, but I love having them. I have an Andy Warhol pair. That's uh, bananas. I have, of course, nice. a tie-dye pair. Uh, <laughs> I got the Career Builder uh, orange pair from a Shern conference years ago. Nice. <laughs> I just like them. I played uh, junior high basketball way back in, oh, let's just say it had 70s in it. Um, <laughs> and we wore purple high-top Chuck Taylors. Nice. And uh, you know, awesome. just like Hoosiers. You had to see Hoosier, the movie Hoosiers. That was yeah. us. I've loved them ever since. Nice. Steve, finally, as you know, we are crowdsourcing, so this is your opportunity. If you could ask the next guest of the podcast any question, what would you ask? I would ask them, what makes you laugh the most? I like that question. I like that question. I don't think people laugh nearly enough. It's now in the <laughs> book, so it will get asked very, very soon. Steve, I could not think of anybody else when it was time to get ready to look, when we started looking at the calendar and figuring out, mm -hmm. first of all, we realized we were on the path to 200. It was kind of like, holy cow. <laughs> and maybe we didn't say, holy cow. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm I can sure complete the show. Else. If something else happens. <laughs> I could not think of somebody else better to have back to celebrate with us. Because mm -hmm. again, you, you have been there since day one for us and with us. We could never thank you enough for that and for being part of this community and all the chats you've taken part in and all the shows you've been part of and, and helping us boost our signal. Um, yeah, I, I just, I could never say thank you enough. We know we're incredibly fortunate to have you and all the amazing guests we've had over 260 odd shows to this point. Yeah. We said thank you in the last episode to everybody, but, but we do get the chance to say thank you directly to you, Steve here. I'm going to, Yes, because I cannot fathom somebody listening to this show, but it is the first episode, and maybe they don't know who you are. If they're not connected with you out there, best way for them to reach you. Two best ways are Twitter, at SBrownHR. There's an E in Brown. And LinkedIn, uh, although on LinkedIn, I went to the creator mode, so you have to really dig for it to look, but I will connect with you. You just have to hit the little three dots and click on that and say connect. Uh, but like I've said, every episode I've been on, uh, if you connect with me, understand it's on. You know, <laughs> I'm not, I, I don't connect with you just to collect you. I connect with you to get to, get to know you and 
celebrate you as a peer. So I would love to connect with anybody who'd like to. I will attest to that personally, that that is indeed the case. That is indeed the case. That's that's the show we're having tonight, John. <laughs> Keeping that in, because we're at the end anyway. Wendy, how about you? Best way for listeners to find you out there? Oh, best way, as always, on my blog, mydailyjourney.com. And, of course, the second and fourth Sunday of each month, you will find me on Twitter as part of our twice-monthly Twitter chat. How about you, John? Once again, thanks to our friends over at Paycor for sponsoring this episode uh, and for helping it make it even more special. Technical difficulties and all, which none of you are (laughs) going to know about other than if you get to the end and listen. But we really we always appreciate Paycor being part of our community and and taking part. Make sure that you're checking out what they have going on. And as for me, JohnThurman.com for all things John Thurman and for the show, HRSocialHourPodcast.Podbean.com. Listen, review, share, follow, whatever platform you're on, check mark, click, whatever it is, just hit that and you'll get that new episode each and every Thursday. And sometimes when we have other shows come out, like the pop culture show, which Mm -hmm. is either out now or is coming out soon. (laughs) uh, I I do want to thank all of you listeners that that dedicate a large portion of your December to listening to these mega list shows because we have a lot of fun doing them, but we also recognize it's a lot of time. We hope you continue to see the value in those two for different things. International listeners, you know our deal. Uh, We want to continue to grow that portion of our audience and base and interviews, but it's easier for us, for you to get a hold of us than it is for us to get a hold of you. (laughs) Please reach out. We'd love to have you as part of the conversation. Steve, thanks as always. And so for the HR Social Hour Half Hour Podcast and Episode 200, I'm your host, John. And I'm Wendy. And as always, be sure to connect give back, and network. Network. Take care, everybody. We'll see you soon.